Welcome back, beautiful people. This is Organized Mess. I am here with... Oh, did, was I supposed to introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's your girl, Justice, or Jay, whichever one you feel more comfortable with. How you doing? How you doing, everybody? And this is ATV2, and we are back with a brand new and fresh new episode with y'all tonight. Um... There's a couple stuff I want to talk about that's been been very, very popular recently. Uh, the first one, Juneteenth. Finally a national holiday. Juneteenth. It's now a federal holiday. Meaning that if you are rich and white, you now get off for the holidays. But if you are black and an essential worker, you still got to go to work. Yeah, but half of us black people will, won't still go to work because it's Juneteenth. Exactly. We all requesting off. <laughs> we all requesting off, right? So if I clock into work Thursday and then say, oh, by the way, you got to work Friday, I'm going to say no, I'm not. Because one, I requested that day off because it's Juneteenth. People don't know what Juneteenth is out there. I'm going to tell you what Juneteenth is. Drop that history lesson on them, brother. <laughs> Quick fact about Juneteenth. The day that slaves got freed. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, me being from the state of Texas, that was technically two years after that because we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, Texas, that was Texas' fault right there. Everybody yeah. else knew except for Texas. That was Texas' fault. <laughs> so The message just hadn't gotten to us yet, so it took us two years to realize, oh, we don't have to be here no more. And yeah. then we did. <laughs> so yeah, that's when all the slaves that's when all the slaves got free. Brothers, sisters, mm. little boys, little girls. Preach. <laughs> And plus, Juneteenth, you can't really go bad and talk about Juneteenth. Again. Again. There's really, there's nothing inherently bad about it in the first place. Unless you're completely pro-slavery, that's the only reason you could be against Juneteenth. And racist. Yeah, exactly. If you're racist, it'd be like, God damn it, June motherfucking Juneteenth! And don't blame it on your southern heritage. We're smarter than that, people. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm sorry, boy, but it is Juneteenth. He's like, you are not going anywhere. Excuse me, sir. This is 2021. Uh, we don't live in slavery no more. So you can take your racist ass somewhere else. Mm. This is Juneteenth. This is June 18th. Now a federal holiday. By the way, have anybody partied that much on Juneteenth? Yo, I saw a full parade. I saw a full parade on my TikTok. Like this past Juneteenth? Mm-hmm. They 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 had a parade. And there was actual like people doing stuff in it and dancing. It it looked really? pretty lit. And like a lot of people went out partying. Like my mom wanted to try to go out. She went to a place fully packed out. Completely. Now, we could say that's just a coincidence because COVID is basically over here in Texas. Like, everyone's been getting vaccinated, getting tested, and they're just all trying to go out for the first time that they have in almost a year. But, like, it was specifically, you know, it was Juneteenth, so it felt like a little bit more energy was in the air. 
I mean, look, everybody parties when it's Juneteenth. You have, we have Juneteenth is going to be known as the ultimate cookout. I'm calling it. For sure. For sure, for sure. Because Juneteenth, that's when everybody break out everything. That's that's when fish fries come back. That's when when barbecues come back. That's when get-togethers come back. That's when you see your great-great-great-grandma that you haven't seen in over a year. That's when your cousins, aunties eat like uncles, nephews, nieces, baby sister, baby brother. The entire family reunion. Your your whole family, your uncle that you haven't seen in 28 years. Your Your grandma, Medea. (laughs) No kidding. Your big big mama, like Pam, like all of them. (laughs) Your aunt Bam. All of them just coming out to see you. And then next year, though, know, you're going to have, like, a tall plate of food in your face. Oh, yes, I know what y'all thinking. Macaroni, cheese, red, mm. brisket, macaroni, salad, uh, mm. potato salad, corn. It is brisket. too late tonight for me to be thinking about brisket, sir. <laughs> it's Texas, first of all. I know, but it is too late for me to be thinking about brisket. It is never too late to be thinking about brisket. <laughs> oh, if only that were true. If only. It is never too late to think about barbecue. Shoot. Like, up, look, up the road, my neighbors was barbecuing. And they had a whole bunch of people with them. My neighbors was barbecuing. Isn't it 10 where you are? It is definitely too late to be eating barbecue. Nah, you crazy? Nah, man, I gotta wa- I gotta watch my intake. <laughs> I don't need to be getting any type of heart disease at this age of mine. I feel so, old already. So, 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 so you would skip out on a brisket, pulled pork, ribs. No, nah, no, nah, and- I didn't. I didn't say I'd skip out. I'm just saying, like, I I gotta watch myself. I may like eat a little bit of it and save the rest for tomorrow when I go to work for lunch. I, I get you. <laughs> I get you. Like, I'm taking me some. I just may not eat it right then and there. <laughs> like, look, if so, if I jo- look, if I showed up to a Juneteenth party, it don't matter where. You just go anywhere in, a, in the world, especially the South. And the South is crazy when it comes to Juneteenth. But, you know, if I show up to any barbecue on Juneteenth, watch it be packed. And You're I'm... Right. Packed, cause you know, you know what is, you know what is a regular barbecue. People be there, but nobody be there like it's Juneteenth. You're not wrong. People be partying. People be going wild when it's Juneteenth, bro. Don't drink and drive, people. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. First of all, Um, we go wild, but you know, we 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 ain't set up your Uber before you go crazy. That's right. Set up your Uber before you go crazy. Because Lord, Lord knows, Lord some of knows. y'all gonna be going crazy. He see you, and watch, and your grandmama or your granddaddy, especially your grandmama, gonna be like, Lord, please help my baby, please help my baby. He's going out tonight. And he's partying with his friends. Oh, Lord, please rest his soul. Oh God. Mm. I love him to death. Oh, I love Jesus. Perish. Not. Oh, it's Juneteenth. I'm going to be with my husband and Pastor Riley. Oh, mm. yes, Pastor. Mm. 
Yes, Lord, take it to church. <laughs> take it to church one time. Then the organ just comes in the back room. Can we talk about one time like with churches be like black churches and white churches be hella different? Yo, coming from someone who went to a white church and a black church? Yes, yes, they do. They do. They have different, different stuff in them. Like, the main difference is that white churches, when y'all finishing your sermons, right? You go into a worship break, is what I like to call it. You worship. You have a peaceful, calm singing to the Lord. Or, like, they'll probably, like, pause the music and hear the crowd sing because you're big enough for that. And you don't sound terrible. But then when you're black and you're ending sermons, you go into a praise break. (laughs) And first of all, praise break. Sorry. (laughs) Praise break. And worship break are two different things. Completely. Other worlds. They don't exist in the same world. Worship break is for white people churches. Praise <laughs> break is when the choir stands up. Sing. You guys sing with them. Or as most of black people, they don't sing whatsoever. They clap. They clap. <laughs> And they dance like cuckoo. Exactly. Especially, and not only. Especially the oldest mother of the dancing. We're not talking about regular people dancing. No, we're talking about shouting. We're talking about the grandmamas. Mm -hmm. You just stumping the devil out of the floor. Yes. The tambourine is beating to the sounds of the angels. (laughs) They'd be like, oh, Lord, I got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. And they'd be going crazy. Like, here's the thing. You know, like, COVID, right? If any black country was still open, you know how much COVID is probably on those microphones for how much those singers be screaming into those mics during those praise breaks? Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> they gotta be throwing away microphones. Like, we already see how much service. the pastors be sweating. They'd be like, the Lord said! <laughs> and start speaking in tongues. <laughs> Maybe there be some black churches where the pastor actually dances. Mm-hmm. And the Pastor be going crazy, more crazy than the grandmamas. Yo, here's the thing. Now, if you if you go to a white church where they break out on those praise breaks, I'm telling you right now, it's it's because one of these it's one of these three reasons. One, your piano player is black. Two, your drummer is black. Or three, your pastor was raised by black people. He grew up in a black area. That is the only reason if you go to a white church that has a praise break. <laughs> it's the only reason, the only acceptable answer. Yeah, but when it's uh, when it's black people church, and your whole choir, there's not even lyrics. We be making up the lyrics. Like the white church, you got you know, bless the Lord of my soul. Oh my soul. Song we think of lyrics on the spot. We don't. It literally be like just dance on the devil's head, dance on the devil's head, jump on the devil's head, jump on the devil's head. Like, the amount of times we probably abuse the devil in the song that we have sung for praise breaks. And then, and you know, you know those choir directors that be, like, in the church since they were a kid, and then especially when they uh, dealing with the drummer, because the drummer is the person that basically controls everything. (laughs) 
they either trying to get him to stop or they going along with it. <laughs> and especially if the and especially if the choir director and the drummer are family or like are close together, like family wise, they're gonna ignore the hell out the out the choir director. They're just that sounded like a great him. joke. But I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm curious. Because I watched, I watched a, uh, I watched a TikTok randomly. It was on Instagram actually, and it was basically this black guy. He was, uh, he was a drummer, and then as soon as he like cut it, he was there were, like, he kept on going with the choir. So he's like, oh yeah, I remember. And then every time he did it, like the choir director looked back at him mad because he knows, he knows. That that choir won't be nothing without that drummer. Yo, you know what's you know what's bad though? It's like when they go into those praise breaks and one of the musicians catches the Holy Spirit. Cause you know it's never gonna stop. You're gonna be there until it's dark out. It's gonna be morning. You you start you if basically they... how black churches work, you start at eight thirty in the morning. None of y'all probably haven't had breakfast yet. All right, cool. One o'clock goes around. All right, let's kind of wrap it up. Two o'clock goes around. Nope. All right then. Still going. It's, it's near. All right. It's 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 you know it's almost past lunchtime. Four o'clock rolls around. When is this goddamn church gonna end? Shit. And then seven o'clock out rolls around. All right. Finally. Like, come on, bro. It's nighttime. <laughs> you hadn't had lunch, dinner. No snacks in between. You haven't had you haven't had breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You were lucky if you had one of those parents who like packed you snacks and every now and then would sneak you out past the ushers to like feed you one before going back inside. You were a lucky child if you had that. But if you but if you <laughs> if you had one of them parents that be only feeding themselves and not the children, especially before a long, long worship at your church. You better hold it in, baby. Because you ain't going to eat. You're probably not going to use the restroom either. Probably not. Like, can I use the restroom? Be like, no. Sit through this whole thing and you're going to be holding yourself. The whole entire service. Church is like a full-time job. A black church is like a full-time job. Especially when some of those sisters in the church actually be working in the church. Literally. My mom was one of those women too, where you had to act like you went to church, you worked for the church. Like I'm, pre- there was nights like we'd be at the church so late, everyone be gone because my mom still had stuff she had to do. Bruh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I can see, see why pastors, uh, not pastors. I can see why uh, some black people leave black churches because they too long. I think that's what ended up it wasn't really like the length of it to me I think what happened is okay so like my church had Sunday school right mm-hmm. which was that Sundays or Saturdays I think we had Saturday school and then mm-hmm. Sunday night services nope I'm wrong we had Sundays how did this go we had Saturday mm-hmm. night services Sunday school Sunday night services Okay. That's how it worked. But for Sunday school, I was I am I gotten like an award in elementary school for being an inquirer. 
for being inquisitive, meaning I like to ask a lot of questions. At Sunday school, our jobs, as you know, as children, is to sit and listen to our teacher tell stories about the Bible. And we would read it in the King James Version, which is the reason I can quote a chapter of Exodus by heart. <laughs> um, so, I, every now and then, though, I would ask too many questions. And one time, I got in a lot of trouble for seeming to disrespect my teacher and my mom woke walked by and because I sounded like I was mouthing off when I was asking my questions because I didn't feel like I was getting a clear answer to the question I had over what she was reading I think it was something about the fruits of the spirits and like the tree of knowledge of good and evil and I asked something like well why wouldn't God want us to know the knowledge of the bad so we could protect ourselves from it like something like that right and I don't think what I said came out clear enough. I don't know. I was in like, I was in first, second grade. So I got popped in the mouth in front of all my friends in this little circle in front of the teacher for Maldonado. And I just, I stopped asking questions in church. And it made me feel like, I, I think that was the moment I realized, I don't like this church too much. <laughs> um, but then, uh, let's see. Then we moved. Uh, and then I ended up going to a white church where we had separate small groups. We were like, they encouraged us to ask questions. And if they themselves didn't know the answers, would admit it to us that they didn't know the answer. Like, like that's between you and God to find that answer. We, we don't have that answer for you. And they were honest about it. And it felt more safe, if that makes sense. I felt safer at the white church than I did the black church when it came to asking questions about my faith. Now, do I miss the praise breaks? Yes. But I kind of grew to love the praise and worship songs in the white church because there, we did have moments we danced like fools. I'm just going to be honest. But what we were dancing to wasn't like praise break shouting. It was more like being at a concert and you're jumping up and down to your favorite Christ song. <laughs> so, like, it was, it was a bit of an adjustment. But I adjusted pretty quickly, and I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed going to church, and they're like, it's okay to laugh in church, it's okay to have fun in church, because you're still learning. And I was like, I wasn't taught that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was told to sit and listen. <laughs> you sure this is okay? God not going to be mad at me about this? <laughs> so, like... The, the environments are very much different. Some people just prefer the learning of the black church because it just, they're more comfortable there. Like, my mom prefers that. Me, on the other hand, I do not prefer that whatsoever. Okay. I guess it's just a matter of preference depending on how you feel in your environment. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of differences uh, between a white church and the uh in a black church you know some some of them some of them are the same some of them are different but you how did we even get on this topic this was not even on our list of topics to talk about (laughs) it wasn't but i was was talking about and then juneteenth you know kind of made me do a little uh praise it's because like a lot of a lot of black culture is definitely centered around the church as well yeah especially juneteenth so which, you know, it's kind of funny how the black community adopted Christianity in a way. 
well, I guess European Christianity to be exact, um, because it was more used as a weapon by slave masters to tell their slaves that they like God wants you to be obedient to your masters. Because mm-hmm. like that was that's parts of the Bible that certain extremist groups still use now about the rules of having a servant slash slave is that you are supposed to be obedient to your masters. And it was it was used to weaponize and then somehow, like after all these years, it turned into more of celebration of liberation when it comes into in the church. Like I what do we still have the mentality of like serving? Yes, because we always talk about service being the most important thing, but mainly service to God and not to man. Yeah. Uh, but we, like, I've always noticed, like, in black churches, they always refer to themselves as servants of Christ, right? And then at the white church that I went to, they never referred to them as servants. They referred to us as disciples. Like, if you if you compare, like, the different, like, context in the bible of how serve what servant is referred to and what disciple is referred to it was very much different like the black church wasn't more like go out and preach the word right it was like hear the word and listen and be an obedient servant to god and the church and that was it and then the white church was more of be a disciple to the people around you and spread the word of god which may be that may be like part of like you know the difference between like I guess you, the slave mentality black people grew up in and the white savior mentality white kids grew up in that may be like one of the substantial differences right there is how the religion themselves depending on what type of church you go to views each side yeah I actually I actually picked up on that um because for me, I went more for like white, like a white church. So for me, it was more like, you know, be a disciple for God and uh, preach his word. Because, you know, that's what my family still do now. So they mostly grew up in a, you know, white church side of things more than like black church side of things even when there were kids too so even when there were kids back in Jamaica like around the 50s 60s even though you know there's you know it's Jamaica it's full of black people even though there's you know white people coming there you know the for vacation and stuff but you know same thing applies there Disciples, like being disciples for God and following his ways and preach to other people about his word. That's what it is. It wasn't really, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know what they do in black people church. So like, and then when you kind of like look out into the world, the people that you usually see like standing on the side of the streets, yelling at people that you need to follow Christ before you go into your internal damnation are usually white people. And I guess it's just the way we're each taught the lessons of the Bible and also including interpretations. Yeah. That's the logistics of it. And it's... I agree with you 100%. But overall, 
Juneteenth is still that holiday. It really is, and I will always still be celebrating it with a nice meal, <laughs> a nice get together. It will always be great to me. I hope people don't weaponize it. I hope not. Because that would be like the last holiday I expect that to be weaponized. Because if, if, if Juneteenth is weaponized, then I can't trust nobody no more. And that would suck. Yeah. That's like the one, that's the one holiday where every black person in the world is happy with each other. Exactly. And, and if you and if the U.S. takes that away from us, we got nothing. Like something and, very interesting that they did at um, the Dallas Wings game was mm-hmm. it was African American Heritage Night, and uh, both nights where they went against the same team uh, on Thursday and Saturday, uh, the players wore their Black Lives Matter warm ups to the court mm-hmm. to warm up in. And then uh, they went for the back for the national anthem. And when they came back out to the court before they introduced the starting, you know, five players, uh, they had artists sing the black national anthem of Lift Every Voice. And each player stood in solidarity during the song. And it was pretty amazing to see. That's really good of them. That's actually really good. It's it's another reason why I very much love the WNBA because, like, when all this stuff started, and everything with George Floyd, they did not hold back any player from wanting to speak about it, and the entire league supported it with merch and the way they designed the courts during um, during them being in the bubble during COVID. And, like, it, it wasn't propaganda. They didn't use it as propaganda. They let each player outwardly show their support with no restraint without having to worry about any type of contract deals or how it would look bad on the league. They didn't care at all. And that's how I feel like most organizations should go about it. Like, all the stuff with the NFL, I was like, just let players do what they need to in protest. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, honestly, people need to follow the WNBA's footsteps on how they handled the situation. If you think about it, too, NBA cares about more more with Black Lives Matter than NFL does. And they do. Like, what I'm seeing from, like, these basketball and soccer leagues, they care so much more about the social issues than the NFL does. And, uh, like, maybe that's why, like, like after everything happened, I really wasn't watching the NFL that much. Except, you know, like, the Super Bowl, which was usually just for the halftime. Hmm. I mean, the halftime wasn't really it for uh, me. Just more with the game. weekend, yeah, it wasn't that great for me either. Uh, it, it felt more like a concert than a halftime show. Like, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying what The Weeknd did was bad. Uh, he showed his artistry. But this is also the Super Bowl. To be honest, it's never about art. It's about entertainment. And he did a concert. He didn't do a Super Bowl performance. He just did a concert. Yeah, I feel you. Um, If you're going to do a... Super Bowl halftime show, do a Super Bowl halftime show, not a full concert. But, you know, can't can't stop an artist. So if he's happy with his performance, then I'm happy for him. Like I would definitely want to see a different version of him if he ever does get to do that again when it comes to performing on a Super Bowl show. 
But at the end of the day, it's up to the artist what they decide to perform. And it was not a bad performance. It was actually a pretty good performance. Um, just not what I expect or what I'm used to seeing when it comes to the type of entertainment I expect from a halftime show. We all we do is just hope for hope for what's coming. And I hope the NFL does better on the Black Lives Matter as well too. Yeah. But NBA NBA, WNBA and the soccer league, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all doing something amazing. Changing the world that is, and we love to see change. Mm, we need to see change, honestly. We love to see it, and like Juneteenth is great, but like there's there's still a lot more that needs to be done. This is definitely a great starting point, but first we need to knock out these legislations about teaching critical race theory in school. I understand regulations on what students learn, but the fact that I had to learn about the Tulsa massacre from a t- from a fictional TV show before I learned about it from like high school itself is is ridiculous that's a vital part of my own history and it was very impactful it it wasn't like something small this was a bombing on our own home turf of an entire city because of a false allegation and yet like you're like well we gave you guys juneteenth shouldn't you be happy about that yeah, you, you're giving people Juneteenth without allowing schools to properly teach why it's a thing in the first place, why it needed to become a thing in the first place. What's going to happen when, like, shoot, are we supposed to trust as black citizens that every time a little white kid goes home from school and asks his parents, hey, it's Juneteenth, why do we get off from school on Juneteenth? What like what's so important about it? What what are we supposed to expect them to say? Like it, like it's the freeing of slavery, and then the, we're they're putting one all the pressure on the parents to teach this. So I was like, all right, bet. I don't trust y'all. I'm gonna put it plain plain as day. I do not trust people to properly teach this when most of them probably won't even have the proper learning of it. I I expect them to dodge it to kids because I'm gonna be honest. There's certain things about the Black history. That if I were to have a black child, I would not want them to know at such young of an age. I understand regulation of wanting to teach something when kids are older. If you want to put it off until high school, go for it. But they need to know this stuff before they go out in the real world. They're going to ask questions about it. And if they decide to educate themselves, you can't be mad about that. Most of us had to educate ourselves in the first place. And it should be easier to educate yourself on these types of situations. It's, it's stupid. That it's even up for debate in the first place. It is. I I don't know why people have that mentality, but they do. And it's sad. It's sad. Just just do better, people. Just do better. Gets on my last nerves. We got such a great holiday, and yet we still have so much we have to jump over to just teach the education. Like they expect us only to talk about it on Juneteenth. It's it's not even just a history; it's a lifestyle. It is a struggle that we are still dealing with. And I wish it wasn't a struggle. Same. 
I wish it was just uh like I and wish it was just simple. What I don't get is like I, I've seen the videos of like parents saying just because I don't want my kid to be taught race theory in school doesn't mean I'm a racist. And I'm like, all right, but you are. <laughs> oh, you, you, it's there's no reason to take it out of schools. There really isn't. It's so disheartening to think about. Like, do we want? kids to think that they're lesser than no but when you get to a certain age even if you yourself are not the one responsible for the systematic issues in our society against people of color it is not a bad thing to recognize that the things that your ancestors did the problems that they created the consequences of those issues are still being suffered today by people in society who were also not there during that time period. There's nothing wrong with recognizing the responsibility that your ancestors have not fixed this issue and that you can, that you can correct it so that these people can no longer suffer. That's all we want. We don't need anyone feeling white guilt or ashamed that they are white. We just want accountability like accepting that you have privilege accepting that some people are less than you and accepting the fact that yes it was your ancestors who did it to native americans and indigenous people to african americans who came to the country even which war was it i can't remember the war was it world war ii when it was refugees from Japan who came to the U.S. and then experienced tons of hate crimes because of the war and they were viewed as enemies and slurs were used against them. These issues all fueled majority of the times from white Americans. Now, the black community, we have our own issues ourselves and we're definitely going to need to address them because there will be times during this podcast. I'm going to call you out on your crap. And we're going to have to discuss it. <laughs> but <laughs> the overarching issue of communities versus communities before dealing with internalized issues right now is just recognition. That is all that's really wanting to happen is, rec- is recognition and solution. Recognizing there is a problem, finding a proper solution for it by listening to the voices of those who are oppressed. It sounds so simple, yet it seems like it always gets overcomplicated. For some reason it does, and I don't understand why. I don't either. Some some things just do not have as simple as solutions as our minds create them to be. And this one may not, mainly because we live in a society where people are still subconsciously racist, even if they're not, you know, actively doing racist things and outwardly, you know, vulgar about it. Everyone has, like like I said earlier when it came to racism, like another podcast, is that everyone has their own generalizations of communities that are racist. They may not be harmful, but they're still a hasty generalization over an entire community. A lot of black people have them over white people, and a lot of white people have them over black people. We also have them for other races. Some of them may not be bad stereotypes, but they can lead to very much toxic behaviors. 
and still have effects in those communities. And that's, and that's just unfortunately the way a lot of our brains work. But if people are able to like realize that, that those generalizations shouldn't be the basis of most of their decisions, especially when it comes to governing decisions, calling out my politicians here. If people can realize that those generalizations that you have over community should not justify certain actions that you implement over an entire community, then maybe we would be better off. Just maybe. And I hope we'll be better off with that. If not, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And if not, then still, then I don't know what else. Because we tried everything. We really have. We're running out of ideas here. When people run out of ideas, things unfortunately get violent, and I never condone violence. I usually hate violence under all all cost, and it breaks my heart to see people are so desperate and so hurt by everything happening that they feel like the last resort they have to go to is violence, and honestly, none of us want that to happen whatsoever, but older generations are, who still have a good long way of life to go are tired. They are exhausted. And Gen Z, we've lost all will to live. So <laughs> it, it's it's painful to watch. It is very painful to watch. Our parents' past is affecting Gen Z heavy. It really is. Because the way, if you think about it, the way they were treated, right, is the same way they treat their kids. The way we were raised, the people are like, that's abuse. And we're like, no, that's just our culture. Yeah, it was a little bit of abuse. It was abuse under you know research standpoints but they were raised that way so they raised us that way in a way in my belief to give us tougher skin because it's like yo because of who you are because of what you look like you are going to get abused your entire life so at a young age i'm going to get you used to this abuse before you go out to the outside world definitely gave me a tougher skin unfortunately and i uh, i feel like that's going to be a cycle that continues and people are starting to finally see how bad it actually is based off of our generation talking about how they were treated by their parents. Like recently there was a video that surfaced of a little boy and apparently he had been mouthing off in the car or something to uh, his mom or his sister, something like that. And they went on a live stream because it was like, apparently he was doing all this stuff for attention based off of what they said. And the brother got clippers, cut his hairline all the way like back to the top of his head, and then cut the word gay into the side of his head, like in his hair. And they pub- basically publicly humiliate him on the live stream. And then his brother also assaulted him on camera, saying you shouldn't be doing all that gay crap and stuff like that. And people finally called them out on it. And uh, realized like how abusive that is, and I was looking at this, and I was like, I don't think people realize how much this happens in the community. I was like, whether or not that kid was gay, if, they, if we're considered to be acting up, getting publicly humiliated comes almost with the the culture when it comes to getting your behavior checked. And I was finally happy to see people realizing that it is bad and it is wrong, even if the adults in that video 
the, she post the sister posted something about it, basically saying how like he deserved it and it was fine. Sorry, I live streamed it. Blah 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 blah. And I think officially the kid's been taken by CPS, which I hope. And he gets the right side of that bad system, like a safe home to stay at and food, and not and is is not going through any more abuse or neglect within the system. I hope he finds the right side of the system for him. Uh, and everything's all right, but it's it's tiring. And a lot of us want to see it over with. We just don't know if we'll ever get there. Speaking of which, what happened? What happened when they took him away? Um, it it took a lot to get him taken away uh, from his family. Um, like basically, people just kept sending the video to local authorities. CPS came down and asked questions, but they well, the police came down and asked questions, but nothing was being done. So people kept putting pressure on the police department until CPS finally got involved and removed him from the household. Mm. So I don't think any more information has been posted about it. I haven't seen if anything like from the family who did this themselves have said anything about it. Um, honestly, I, w- I would not be surprised if they got jail time. Like that, that video was straight up abuse. So who wasn't so it was was it the mom, the brother? Uh, the brother was the one that assaulted him and cut his hair. Okay. The one who was recording it, I can't remember if that was the sister or the mom. So But what, apparently what like it? him and like his other younger brother were talking and he said something about him being gay. But it sounded like the way she typed it like he was joking around. But apparently, like she told the brother, and the brother harassed him, and they live streamed it on Instagram, and made him stand in front of in front of the camera as they recorded it, and as the brother assaulted him, all of it was caught on video. I swear, all y'all, some of y'all families are dumb, dumb as hell, Agreed. like stupidly dumb. Why would you do that to your own kid? Especially your own brother, your own family. Shave his head, shave gay inside his head, and then do all this stuff for the camera and then post it. Y'all are really stupid for that. It was ridiculous. It it made me so mad to see that video. And I, I honestly hope the best for that little boy, and I hope he's okay. Real talk, I won't, like, was there a father involved? I don't know if the father's involved. It looked like uh, when the video came out, everyone thought the brother was originally the father, and then it came out that, that was the brother. So I'm guessing the father wasn't involved in this. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised if the father divorced the divorce. Divorced is uh, the mom. His wife so fast. He probably as soon as he saw that, he probably said, "What in the." F- fuck is wrong with you doing that to her own child? And then she would have been like giving all these excuses and then right after after he heard all the stupid excuses, the voice. That's it. You're done. Here, here's, here's, here's the divorce papers. Here's the prenup. Here's the uh, restraining order. Never come by me again. You're done. You're, yeah. And he probably abandoned his kids. 
like the older kids. I wouldn't be surprised if you done that. I wouldn't have either, honestly. I do not promote child abandonment, but like those kids in that video were grown. Oh, let them be. Grown kid? Oh yeah, I would. Oh yeah, they were grown. They they were grown. Oh yeah, I would have cut them off out of my life completely. Especially doing that to the youngest, the youngest of the family. I would have cut them off out of my life completely. Mm mm. Doing that to a little kid, especially on what's wrong with you? Y'all have no decency. It looks like you don't. It's your own child. You're supposed to love him no matter if he's gay, straight, bi, pan, any of that. But now nah, you're gonna humiliate you're gonna like embarrass him in front of the whole of Instagram. And like this isn't probably- even like public humiliation like in a school or at a church. This was live streamed for the entire world to see. Like, the amount of media coverage this got. Like, even if people, like, help the kid, he's, he's going to get older and realize thousands upon thousands of people saw him get abused on a live stream. Saw him get traumatized as a... He was, like, six or maybe seven years old. It was just a... Was this a black family, white family, white? Black family. Mm, that's the worst one of all. Exactly. And we know we all know those public humiliations be bad. Black people, we got enough hate already. Don't add to it. Agreed. Agreed. Mm, uh, I wouldn't be surprised in the comments after that video aired. Be like, I won't be surprised. How shame you guys must be ashamed. Uh, like everybody else, like some of the fathers and the mothers in the in the comments be like, "What is wrong with you doing that to your own child?" There's probably one of them is gonna be like, "I would fight you over that kid." I won't be surprised if they're in public. They'd be like, "Hey, that's you in the video, yeah." Knockout, knockout punch. Honestly, yeah, it would it would be on site. It would be you're gonna get these hands on site. And he immediately jumped. Ooh, that made me so mad. That video made me so mad. That's 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 terrible. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, I am. Oh my god. I am so sorry for anybody that had to watch that video. That was traumatizing to you. That was traumatizing to your spouse or your girlfriend or if you had kids in the room at that time or anybody in general. No kids, no kids should not go through that at all. None. Oh my gosh. That that's that's that that's so much. That's too much. The process. That it is, really is. the process. Uh, all right. Let's leave the sad anger train of the black community and a detour to WWE. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, tonight was um was hell in a cell. And the card for Hell in a Cell was obviously not surprising and one of them was like very interesting. So speaking of which, before that, one match that was supposed to be on this card for tonight was Roman Reigns versus tag team champion Rey Mysterio for the Universal title match 
that was supposed to be this Sunday, which is today, but it got pushed to Friday night SmackDown because them two couldn't really wait till Sunday to, you know, sort out their differences. So they did it um, on Sunday, and it was a really good match. Like, beginning of this match, you know, Roman Reigns was dominating until, you know, because I, cause I actually watched the match. So until, uh, since it was Hell in a Cell, there are no rules in this match. Um, and and uh, first, first thing that Rey Mysterio grabbed was, I think it was a, a stick, like one of the sticks. I forgot what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, and start beating him with it. Uh, and then he went in the ring, grabbed the chair, then beat him with the chair. Uh, kind of slowing him down very early on. And then, yeah. Um, and what's good about it, uh, Ro- sorry, Roman Reigns got his head stuck in between the chair. Uh, Rey Mysterio put the chair in between his head and kept, like, slamming his neck on the fence. On the, on, the, on the cell. And, yeah, that hurt. That hurt. He, I think he slammed his head on it three times. So, yeah, that hurt a lot. And then he took a uh, fire extinguisher to the head and to the arm and to the chest. I love when they just tear head. each other apart. They did. Um, Plus, since Rey Mysterio is like kind of on the cruiserweight, smaller side of things, um, he had to do a lot to chop this man down. A lot. Um, plus, it's in a cell, so there's barely anywhere to go. Um, and on top of that, obviously, it got so much that he had to use multiple chairs to chop this man down. And then he did take another chair to the gut. And it took him, it took two 619s to get him down. Um, did, and then after that, uh, put a chair on his chest and did a frog splash. And then Raymond Steer got himself injured. So that's when the, the match kind of went downhill for him because I thought he was going to win it. But when he got injured off of that chair, uh, I knew that at this point he was going to lose the match because he got injured and took over. I don't remember if he speared him or put him in a guillotine because that's how Roman Roman Reigns wins all his matches now is guillotine. Uh Um, Still became champion. So... I knew that was going to be it. I knew that he was going to retain his title because it's Rey Mysterio. Even though he fought taller giants than him, um, I knew he was still going to win. So, But overall, that episode before Hell and Cell was a great episode. Best one in weeks, actually. So I one thing I liked, I liked that. Um... But for tonight's card, it it was uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. 
And Drew McIntyre will no longer be allowed to get a championship match as long as Bobby Lashley holds the title. Yep, which was just revealed tonight. Because this man had too many tries. Way too many tries. When, when, When was this like? Didn't, okay, I remember correctly. Drew McIntyre beat everybody in the elimination chamber, and then Bobby Lashley came out there, assaulted him. Miz cashed in his money in the bank contract. He won, and then a week later, lost it to to um, Lashley on Raw in a lumberjack match. Um, because he kept running out the uh, arena with the title. So for him to stay in place, they had to do a lumberjack match second time around so he can have a proper match. Um, and then ever since then, he's been wanting his title back way before WrestleMania. Uh. So... I think he had like what more than five matches with this. You think we're gonna try to turn Drew McIntyre into a tr- into a true heel because of this now? I think he. I think they will, but he was. I think he will still be loved as a heel. Probably. I, I like they will try to do him as a heel, but I don't think it will succeed that often. But yeah, he's. It sucks. He. He did lose it in the hell of a cell match. He did. Anybody that just finished watching Hell in a Cell, he just he lost another opportunity to get it back. Um, and yeah, and WWE, WWE quoted, he can no longer um go for any more championship matches at all. The only thing left he can go for right now on the Raw brand is the United States Championship and the Raw Tag Team Championship. That's it. Unless, of course, Lashley loses his title. Unless, then uh, then last, if Lashley loses the title, then he can get go back into the, you know, the championship you know, line and then you know, earn his opportunity again. But until then, that's it. We're just gonna have to see what happens with Drew McIntyre now. Also, moving on, another match that was on this card with tonight was uh Bailey and Bel Air for the SmackDown women's title. Mm-hmm. To be honest, this never really that had that much hype. It didn't. Everyone was focused on the Charlotte and Ripley. Yeah, I never really had that much hype at whatever. Ever since, like, Bailey literally said, oh, that title doesn't belong to you and, you know, and all that stuff, it just didn't really have that much big effect on people. It never did. It just, it was like an eh. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's an eh. Never really, never really did that much. Besides, you know, the whole screen glitches of her laughing on top of that, her laugh is so annoying. Wait, so basically she tried to pull an Alexa Bliss and couldn't pull it off? She, no, she pulled an Alexa Bliss. 
And with the whole, not with the whole, you know, screens like fading into black, but she basically, like her, she was laughing on the big screen. And then every that after that, every other screen, you know, that people be watching had her face laughing on it. It was like, it was kind of corny, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's made for her. That was, that was, that was very corny. And then, and then like her going up to like, um, Bel Air, like doing a mini fight on, on Friday and then her, her holding up the title. Yeah, I mean, we we already had you as a SmackDown Women's Champion, and no one really liked you. And on top of that, there was really no audience because this was when COVID hit, and he- and COVID was heavy, and no one really liked you as a champion like that. So I didn't. I don't really want to see another Bailey uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. So I don't know if Bailey would get another opportunity after this. So well, I'm just gonna wait and see with that one. But the most, the most hyped up match of the night: Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair for the Rhea Raw- Ripley, my dude, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I keep messing up, bro. I keep messing up. Can't, can't blame me for messing up. So yeah, Rhea Ripley and uh, Charlotte Flair for the. Uh, Raw Women's Championship. This was the most hyped up match of all time on this card. And Rhea Ripley did the impossible. And well, retained. The impossible. <laughs> she did the impossible and retained her title. Which we she all beat wanted. Charlotte Flair when everyone thought it was over. Everyone thought Rhea was going to be done for that Charlotte was taking that title and was going to hold on to it for probably another year and all of us are going to be mad because nothing will be happening in the women's division. But no, Rhea came through and got she that championship, through. baby. She kept the and, championship. And we all wanted to see her keep that championship because Lord knows she needed that championship. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows we didn't want to see Charlotte with it again. Nah, I did not <laughs> want to see another... You know, and your new Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. I don't want to hear that no more. I don't want to hear it either. I've I've heard too much Charlotte Flair over the years. Too much SmackDown Charlotte Flair. Too much Raw Charlotte Flair. Another NXT Charlotte Flair. I don't want to hear no more. And then recent, and then, you know, before this, uh, First time ever tag team Charlotte Flair, which I was excited about at that I time. I was excited about tag, but like we all know Charlotte is too much of a backstopper to stay in the tag division for too long. Well, She's it, a was, it was good to see something new. It was good to see something new from Charlotte. I was kind of shocked that she was paired up with Asuka. I was like, you guys had a pretty big rivalry when Asuka first came on. Like, one of your biggest brags was always breaking Oscar's streak. How they managed to be a tag team for a bit of time was pretty surprising. Especially since uh, it was originally Oscar and um, Lana, but you know, Nia No, Jackson. before Lana. Uh, 
the 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 pirate. Kabuki. Oh, the Kabuki yeah. pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that that duo. I love that duo too. <laughs> I know she left. I know she had to leave WWE and go somewhere else, but it's like, did you have to? <laughs> I think it. I think she didn't really have to. I think it was just her choice. I also used to like the the Nia Jackson, um, Tamika. Oh. Because I was like, hey, power to the Samoans. <laughs> I was very happy. <laughs> To see them as a tag team too. It was giving me uh, very much like new Roman Reigns and uh, Seth Rollins vibes, like a different version, like kind of like the Usos, mm-hmm. but like different fonts. <laughs> speaking of speaking of you know Tamita and the Samoan blood and the head of the table and everything like that, wouldn't I got a question for you. Would it be better for them to have a woman in, you know, the whole head of the table situation? Like have like either like a Samoan blood because because if you think about it, Naomi's technically Samoan blood because she's married to one of the Usos. They're not going to make a Naomi. If anything, it's going to the closest they're going to get is, is Jax since she is the Rock's cousin. That is true. Which and so are the Usos. <laughs> it's weird because everybody falls in line, weirdly enough. Yeah, it kind of works. Yes, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Rocks. And then Nia Jax, family, Usos, Roman Reigns. Isn't Tamito also with them too? I think so. I think- That would be a good duo. I feel like that's like a great, like, you know how like they have like a while ago when they would have the teams? Like kind of how they have um on NXT with mm-hmm. um my god, my brain really just decided to pause <laughs> and buffer on me right now. <laughs> how they have like Adam Cole and uh what, well, like, what do they call them? Yeah, like the Undisputed Era. If they have like a version of that, like for WWE, but it's across the brand, mm-hmm. um, oh, almost yeah, like DX yeah. Generation, and like, but it goes across the brand of like the Samoan wrestlers all being like a part of one thing, and they go completely against the Hurt business, like mm-hmm. make it a new rivalry of like the Samoan family versus the Hurt business, because you could already mm-hmm. look and see that the Hurt business is kind of like a pro-black like pro black fighters. You know the Hurt business is dismantled, right? Are they completely dismantled now? They've been dismantled for like I remember years. they I thought they were still he was still recruiting for the Hurt business to have someone in Lashley's corner. No, ever well, since MVP was. No, because ever since uh since I'm going to catch you up with Hurt business. So ever since um you know, I know he fired Apollo and yeah. Uh, ever since they fired Apollo Cruz and uh yeah Apollo and uh what is Sheldon, it uh, Sheldon. yeah Sheldon um they they really haven't been like they they really haven't been doing their own. I know, Sorry, but like I would. 
No, no, sorry, not Apollo. Uh, Cedric Alexander. There we go. Oh, Cedric Alexander. Why did I sorry, not Apollo? Sorry, because Apollo's on uh, Apollo's on SmackDown, so he, he, he uh, switched brands. So. Oh I yeah. Mean, okay. Sorry. Um, like, I, was, I, I think it would be great if we could find a way to bring that back, right? Let's say they they get both Sheldon and Cedric Alexander back, right? Something happens, they decide to do business. And mm-hmm. then somehow get Apollo Crews, right? That's a pretty dominant force right there. And then if he starts going into the women's brand, you have both Bianca Belair and Naomi. Like, imagine them all as, like, a, like a signified unit, right? And they're mm-hmm. getting championships. Let's say they're all one brand, right? Let's say they're all, are all in the Raw. Okay. And they're just getting championships. They're holding on to them. Dominant. And then you have, like, Roman Reigns, the Usos, Nia Jax. Let's say they're all on SmackDown, and they're just winning the, as well, right? Yeah. Imagine what that Survivor Series would look like of having the Hurt Business versus all the – like, that would be one the most color WWE has ever seen, <laughs> but also – like the just the brute strength we would see from both sides, because we got to give it to Bobby Lashley. The dude is strong. He is hella strong. And plus, on top exactly. of that, wasn't he? On top of that, wasn't he in the army as well too? Yeah, he was. That was so kind he's of a at first. They were kind of going at like the the John Cena route when they had um when before he was a heel. Mm-hmm. They're going like military man, really strong and powerful, great physique, and they were kind of trying to go the John Cena route, and it just ended yeah, up. Yeah, they were the trying to make him like they're trying to make him like the new John Cena of the new era. And then he became the Almighty. Some things just you know don't go as planned. Yeah. I think his his first rivalry was like against Sami Zayn or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. But uh, that he's come a long way. Wow. <laughs> Because your first because he was first because he was first in um he was first in uh ECW if I have to be correct because I remember him holding the uh you know what kind of like coalition I missed the most though what? was uh Andrade and Angel Garza with Selena Vega. Yeah, but I can't, like they weren't the best yet, but like they were slowly getting bigger, and I was kind of loving it, especially when there was like even though you know these you're not supposed to do this. There was those moments where Vega would be in heels, and if the ref wasn't looking, she would also attack the opponent, which was actually really good. It really was like it'd just be out of nowhere, and I'm like, yes, Queen, <laughs> I shouldn't be supporting <laughs> this, but I do, because you forget she can fight too. Her being their manager. Yeah, I always forgot that she can fight because she's she's because at the time she wasn't really booked in a lot of matches. Nah, she's she was mainly the spokesman, but if she had to fight, she would, and she was brutal, like short and feisty. I kind of want to see her versus Alexa Bliss, like this Alexa Bliss, and see how it goes. Hey, Not gonna lie, how it is. That's all. You know, but so like. I'm- that's definitely one, you know, group that I kind of missed seeing. And then when the Hurt business started, I got a little bit more hope. And now that they're disbanded, it's sad again. But yeah, so 
Oh, yeah, hold up. Let me just, I think, let me just catch you up with the hair business. So, so, um, yeah, like back to what I was saying. Well, after, um, Alexander and, uh, Shel uh, Benjamin, uh, got kicked out because of, you know, them keep messing up and losing matches. They said, yo, you're, 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 you're no longer in the whole hurt business. You're, it's just going to be me and Bobby. Sorry. It's going to be me and Bobby and, uh, and, um, and you are no longer in the hurt business at all. And they got pissed because after that, they realized, oh, Bobby's a piece of shit. <laughs> because uh, why would you do that to the people that helped you get that title to get that title shot? And ever since then, you know, it's just been all about MVP and uh, Bobby Lashley and the WWE Championship. So, yeah, that's what happened to the hurt business. So in my mind, I, yo, okay, it's in my mind. I was literally thinking about this. So the head of the table, so basically the Samoan family, and then the Hurt business. The Hurt business has all the titles, like the like, say for example, if they still had Benjamin and Alexander, it would be, it would be WWE champion Bobby Lashley, Raw tag team title champs. Alexander and uh, Benjamin. United States champion if Apollo Crews was still on was still on Raw and maybe sided with the Hurt Business him as the United States champion and then for the and then for the Raw women's champion I would like to see. Um, I don't think there's. I don't. There's barely any, uh, you know, black wrestlers on Raw. I would like to see maybe like Naomi. Uh huh. And then for SmackDown, the head of the like head of the table, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion, the Usos, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the. SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, Nia Jax, and then the Intercontinental Champion. I'll give it to. Uh, mm, I Who would be I, next for that? Samoa Joe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> now, 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 if so, if Samoa Joe was still, it was like a wrestler, and you know, sided with the head of the table. I can see that. That would be an awesome duo, though, because one, it's family against family, and both family has all the titles. Yeah. So basically, one night. So basically, if it was like a WrestleMania thing, one night it'll be like just the uh, straight Raw, like basically the Raw family. So basically, everybody on Raw on the Hurt Business family. So everybody defending it on the same night, and then night two, the head of the table, uh, all the head of the table people. So yeah, that goes for everybody. So that would be like a cool raw and like whole raw side of things, the whole SmackDown side of things on night one and night two, and then for Survivor Series, head of the table versus the Hurt Business. That 
I want and, it. I want to see it. And who's, it and who's the best family of WWE? That would be a I would, good... It would, it would depend on the build-up. I can't make a decision right now because I was, try, I was about to try to call one out. But nah, it would have to deal with all the build-up of the rivalry and like, especially if one brand decides to invade the other. Because NXT, we already know, is going to come with... Uh, the same thing they've always been coming with, unfortunately. <laughs> but NXT NXT is more powerful than both the big brands right now. I know, but when it comes to Survivor Series, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, they blow it out the water. That's 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 something else different. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like depending on how the buildup goes between the brands and the coalitions fighting each other. Depends on mm-hmm. how I'm gonna decide who I think of. Like, it feels like I'm trying to pick between two mafia organizations. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> Fighting <laughs> against each other. <laughs> and be like, is it the Crips or the Bloods? Who's winning? Like, <laughs> oh, I just realized that. Because it's red and blue. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what WWE was thinking picking those colors. I don't think they were. <laughs> Like, luckily, now we got some gold in there, but like, still. Yeah. Good that we have different colors because uh, the only two titles, actually, let me rephrase that. The only title that has gold on it is the Intercontinental title. That's it. Yeah. Because the United States has both red and blue on it. Just saying. And the rest of them is, well, Actually, I can't really say that because actually the two titles is the WWE Championship and the Intercontinental title. So uh, those are the only two titles that have uh, gold on it. The rest of them are actually uh, Blood and Crypt uh, colors. Yeah. So That's unfortunate. You know, I never realized that until just now. <laughs> Uh, my brain does amazing things. So I I was just never I was just like every time I see those like colors when I was a kid, I'm like, wait, does does this colors remind me of something? I'm like, nah, this is just wrong. Like, smack that down. looks familiar. But now since you tell me. Yeah, this is a, yeah, I hope Dota V doesn't hear about this. <laughs> Yo, if they, that would be so bad if they started like saying, "Okay, guys, you're gonna go out in like these bandanas," and I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no." <laughs> their outfits already match their brand. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe this is why worse. there was rumors about them stopping Survivor Series because they realized it low key looks like gang activity. <laughs> so, oh nah, and also worse because uh, NXT being yellow. Because there's yellow bandanas out there. Isn't that for like the Latina? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right then. This is a good idea. Work on your colors, please. Yeah, you may want to fix that. Like add a little bit of pink in there or something. (laughs) The only thing that's kinda out, you know, that's out there is uh India NXT because it's uh it's orange and green. I hope those are not gang colors either. I just hope, because if they are... Green is. 
but it's a it's a specific grain. It's another Latina one, I believe. Mm. Okay, said WWE, work on your colors, please. We ain't trying to get shot up in here. Mm-mm. Next card. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Next card: uh, Cesaro and um, Rollins. This has been a rivalry ever since Rollins came back. You know, from Becky Lynch having her baby. This is a crazy rivalry ever since, you know, everybody left because they didn't want to hear uh, Rollins jibber jabber and set and like Cesaro stayed. And then Rollins thought, Oh yeah, um, you're part, you get it. You're, you know what I'm talking about. And Cesaro said, and Cesaro said, nah, I just don't like hearing you. And then he just beat him up because he didn't like his BS. And ever since then, them two had a strong rivalry. So, I don't know when it will stop between these two, but um, looks like the first half was all Cesaro winning. Now it's Seth Rollins winning the matches. So I just hope, I don't know if this is the last for uh, Cesaro because, you know, Rollins did win his match tonight in, in, uh, in Hell in a Cell. This was a Hell in a Cell match, so um, let's just see what's uh, next for Cesaro. Um, to be honest, I did want to see a rivalry between Cesaro and uh, and Roman Reigns, but they all they did was give him like one match, with which is uh, very sad. Um, they didn't really build that much momentum in with Cesaro. And I think they should have because I would like to see uh, Cesaro as a universal champion, not or give him a WWE Championship title shot. Give him one of those. Even like if they don't it. start off with WWE title, I would love to see Intercontinental. Okay, yeah, true. Because, you know, he was already a tag team, you know, he already did tag team and he already did United States. I don't remember if he did Intercontinental, but if he has, um, that's probably something I had to research on myself. But I know he did Tag Team, and I know he did uh, United States. So I would like to see, I would like to see a WWE shot from him. I think that's his next one. Um, if not Inter- Intercontinental, is his next one. What would be interesting is after this loss, like he, you know goes on like a quick maybe two to three month hiatus mm-hmm. and then they bring him back now like like Cesaro in my mind has always been the same Cesaro that was in the bar he's mm-hmm. never felt different Seamus on the other hand has <laughs> like he's not the same Seamus we know from the bar not the same Seamus at all like Cesaro hasn't had that change yet so if they can find a way to like, remember how, like, they made the Enigma of Jeff Hardy? Mm-hmm. Give him, like, his own alter ego to be in the ring. I would love to see him versus The Fiend. Ooh. 
that would probably be a way to start it right there. Give him a match with the Fiend. The Fiend drags him down. Slowly becomes a part of Alexa Bliss's mafia <laughs> of the evil realm. Just give me an entire tag team of demons, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, gosh. I just, they just, just do something better with Cesaro. That, that's all. That's all I'm asking, WWE. Um, also, moving on. Uh, second to last card Shayna Blazer and Alexa Bliss. Wasn't really hyped up either. It wasn't, and it should have been. Because ever since, uh, you know, ever since, you know, that time that, you know, Reginald got the fire in his eyes, which was very random. I didn't know who the heck that was. But in, in my mind, at the same time, I kind of know who did that still. Um, and then the fire went to uh, Shayna. After after that, and I don't know why Alexa Bliss was targeting Shayna. I don't know. I don't know if they're just, you know, you've been with The Fiend too long, so now it's time for you to go with someone else. Um, I don't know what her intentions were or what Vince was thinking, but... Uh, you could have hyped it up more because this you was see, only like what what I've what? noticed with the stuff they've been doing with Alexa Bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first, it was the stuff with Randy Orton, right? And he mm-hmm. basically, for like a temporary amount of time before the fiend came back, was slowly becoming the fiend, like being used by the fiend, like kind of what the storyline was going. Mm-hmm. It was messing him up, and now Alexa Bliss is doing the same thing with Shayna Baszler. There's two things that I think are going to happen from this, right? Either both of them have, you know, a change. And, like, Baszler stabs Nia in the back during a tag match. Ends up helping out Alexa Bliss. It becomes, you know, start moment. Because we all know Baszler's crazy. Do we not remember when she, like, bit Becky Lynch? Yeah, I did. And that was a that was weird. Yeah. I didn't even know. And we I all didn't... know Randy Orton is also crazy. So yeah. like not that far fetched they would go down that route with them, right? Wouldn't be surprised if they did the same with Damian Priest. Like, oh I, please no. I hope they don't, but it would not surprise me. Or to fight the power of both the Fiend and Alexa Bliss, they somehow get a team like a mixed tag team matchup. Mm-hmm. With Randy Orton and Shanna Baszler on the same team. That would be a fire tag team, actually. Exactly. And I will be fine with either or. And I hope they go with either or. But as we've noticed, sometimes I am wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. A lot of people can be wrong. But, you know, WWE don't really be using their brain that much. So, the only, the, all, they use, all they use is uh, their best most valuable wrestlers to take them to the top, which is not it no more, by the way. You're only your only one that's maybe like running the show is Roman Reigns and uh you know one half of the Usos and Bobby Lashley and that's it. 
So, yeah, and not really nothing happening there. And then the last card on this, sorry, the last match on this card um, is Zane versus Owens. This has been a rivalry for years. Who knows how long now? Years. It feels like it's been years. I'm pretty it, sure it's been years. It's been years. <laughs> it's this been since NXT. The best friends to enemies, to best friends, to enemies, to colleagues, to enemies. The only thing they haven't done is lovers to enemies. I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore. WWE, stop this! Stop, stop doing this stuff between. Get, get over it. It's, it's, it's been going on for years, man. I know they're best friends in real life because they are best friends in real life, actually. But, um, I, I don't know. And I know you're trying to make him cons- con- conspiracy theories, Zane, but it ain't working. It ain't working at all. It it's not. I don't I don't know what I don't know what to say with for WWE. They're going downhill with ideas fast. So they they're gonna have to pull something out their ass for this one to work. I don't I don't know anymore. WWE's been letting me down recently, man. Everything is just everything has been bad, so I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know. So how does know. this end? Two confused young adults. I was going to say teenagers, but we're young adults. <laughs> Two yeah. confused young adults not knowing what's going to happen next. Will WWE continue using old stunts that they've used in the past to garner more fame from their younger audience? Will they bring back older superstars to get more views from their older audience who have fallen off the train because they're so tired of seeing the older acts being done? Will they create a coalition? Will the brands continue being gang activity? Or will we finally get some new content? The world may never know. (laughs) Uh, That is only to... Be left by WWE and WWE elite, WWE alone to answer those questions. <sighs> Vince no, McMahon, man. do better. Please, just do better. do better. Give it to your son, not Shane McMahon. <laughs> uh-uh, not him. <laughs> give it to, to your son-in-law, actually, Triple H. He probably do a much better job. Are you sure? Because he seems to have kind of like. You remember there was all the arguments about him like basically just becoming a full McMahon and not caring anymore and doing everything Stephanie says. That is kind of that is kind of right though because that is funny though. So I remember that. that. Would, I feel like that would low key ruin their marriage if like Vince gave the entire company to Triple H, and then Stephanie tries to tell Triple H what to do with the company. He's like, "No, this is mine now," and then it just like ruins their entire relationship because he refuses to do what she says. But uh, speaking of which, I remember that episode when it was uh when Dean Ambrose was back in uh in WWE and he remember I remember when Triple H was about to go in the back, he's like, Hold on guys, and then Dean Ambrose came uh basically was stepped out the arena at the same time as Triple H and he's like, What, you gotta ask your wife first? And everybody was like, Oh 
<laughs> because that was actually true. <laughs> he did at that time. He did actually have to ask his wife for like a lot of these matches to be set up. Oh, that's just mean to call it out, though. If if it happened, then it was actually true. You can't lie up on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And but but he's doing a good job because he's on NXT with Shawn Michaels. That is and, pretty good. Yeah, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and uh, and Regal are all running um, NXT. Nice. Now, now with Samoa Joe on the side. So, They're going to be a force to reckon with the next Survivor Series. That's if there's NXT in this Survivor Series coming up. That is true. That is true. Had to happen because the first one was really good. It was. It was very interesting to see the NXT brand. Especially so young people, even though they weren't that young. But still, very, very young superstars beating the main roster characters. So that that was literally... A surprise for me. So I literally thought either one of the main rosters was going to take it, but turned out none of them took it. So, hmm. That was something, though. Good Survivor Series, by the way. I think it was the best one of all ages that they did. So, yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But, and also, one more match that was basically unexpected that night. Um, was was um Natalia versus um Mandy Rose. This was one of the matches that was not on the card, but still took place that like you know same night as everybody else. And of, of wait, course, was this the match that was like around the same time Natalia lost her dad? Hmm? Was this around the time that Natalia lost her dad? Um what tonight? Was that tonight? Wait, are you talking about a match tonight or are you talking about an old match? Talk about this match tonight. There was another match? Yeah. yeah Did not know about like, that. Completely like blanked. The... I was trying to figure out which match you were talking about that happened a while ago between Natalia and No, uh-huh. this was this was like the this was like an unexpected match because one this was a match that wasn't on the card. Yeah, they probably so, just needed to put in a filler. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was Natalia versus uh Mandy Rose, and you know, uh, Mandy Rose lost. So obviously, it's Natalia. And on top of that, Mandy Rose has been on a heavy. Heavy losing streak recently. She has. I think eventually she'll recover, but she's not there yet. She's not there yet, but she, she and she and Dana has been on a heavy losing streak recently, and it's not looking good for both of them at all. On top of that, ever since Dana got. Into the WWE, that goes for NXT 
and Raw and SmackDown. I don't even think she won. I don't even think she won a, a title once in her career. Yeah, I don't even think. Yeah, I'm looking back at it. She, she never has won a title once. Not one in NXT and not one in the, on the main roster. She has been winning oh. matches. She win matches. But her loser streak is very heavy. Very heavy. I'd like to see her try and get a title match. And I see like what happens. Try to get a title match too. But from the way of, the way of this going, if she's still losing matches like this, WWE's not gonna look twice and get her released. Because why why you still her why you still have her on the card if she's not if she's barely winning matches or not winning matches at all? So I don't know. I don't know about that point. Um, it's just a matter of time for her to actually get back to, you know, to where she needs to, you know, she needs to be. Because her losing matches like this is not it. Definitely not it. But on top of that, there are good news off WWE cameras about a lot of the stuff that's happening. Um, the Iconics recently just changed their name. To... Oh, thank God. Yeah, this was like five hours ago. Um, they changed their name to The Inspiration. I don't know how I feel about that. Wait. <laughs> so instead of Iconic, it's The Inspiration? The Inspiration. Yeah, with two eyes. No. So you know how like the first yep. to... go back to iconics. I'm okay with iconics now. We can go back to iconics now. <laughs> yeah. It says Billy Kay and Payne Royce, the former iconics of w- in WWE, have filed a trademark for what appears to be their new tag team names, the inspiration. I don't see it. I don't see it either. <laughs> I don't see it. I do not see it. It it, it won't look good. Nope. It just doesn't doesn't look good in my eyes. Like, so, kids, like, what have we learned today? <laughs> you go from the Iconics to... Like, the... at least Iconics became a good, like, funny meme. Like, they did. There was a lot of memes about them, so... Like, when they did the superhero poses after saying their name? Mm-hmm. And then... Like, it used to be because we're Iconic, and they realized we can be funny. The Iconics pose. so now what is it the inspiration which doesn't have the same effect as iconics it's it's gonna be more of like a reading rainbow vibe it's like inspiration (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be so bad that's gonna be so bad like imagine like like someone trying to say that like like you know how like mandy rose has the voice that goes mandy like right before she enters in just like imagine the iconics coming out and it just goes inspiration and it's like sounding like it's going to be like a new perfume commercial it's like inspiration brought to you by wwe the new old parfum that would be so bad um the next one becky lynch uh was seen in the performance center uh early in the week give me back becky 
the love of my life. The woman so, who made me so happy of the women's We might see Becky Lynch return to the ring sooner than later. That's great, but it's kind of sad because I want to see her return with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but they did say that Ronda Rousey will return to the ring, but not right now. She I will want least... them both back. I want them both. Give me them both. We I both want, them, want both. them back. Like, when she... they were both... That was honestly the best year for WWE right there, when they had both Becky Lynch at the top of her game, Becky two belts, and the, the Charlotte rivalry wasn't, like, too bad. We were all able to suffer it out together. <laughs> and they had Asuka, who, even though after losing her winning streak, was still dominant in the ring and was doing amazing. And that's before she was spitting green stuff in people's face. And then you had <laughs> Ronda Rousey out here dropping Triple H through tables at contract signings, dropping Stephanie McMahon through tables and not caring about anything management had to say. And also fighting Becky Lynch, having a title for one part of her life before she lost it to, with Becky two belts. But she was dominant in the ring. She was beating all her opponents. She fought Natalia for fun because they trained together. Still won. And it was a pretty brutal matchup to watch. We saw her fight people she hate. We got to see her. If I'm correct, she fought Charlotte too. Mm-hmm. We got to see her beat the crap out of Charlotte. And it felt beautiful and relieving to watch. It was like therapy from all the abuse WWE <laughs> gave us to watch her fight. And, and then she of, was gone. <laughs> and then on top of that, not only not only that, but the greatest main event of all time. Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey, SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair for both titles. Winner takes all the gold. Winner takes all the gold. And the fact that Becky won by beating Rousey and not Charlotte is what put the icing on the cake for that match. Oh, my God. Oh, that was so beautiful. Her being (laughs) Becky Two Belts, that was the best couple weeks of my life. It sucked that it ended very, very short because she only had both the titles for 46 days. And then, uh, ended, yeah, and then isn't ended that when the doing... relationship with like her and Roman like came out? Yeah, like on Twitter, and it was so unexpected. People were like, What, <laughs> huh? <laughs> How long has this been going on? <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. So, I feel like she should have kept still kept both of the titles. Um, I think she can get them back. She will, I would, <laughs> I would be happy about it. Bring me that's back the work. Becky Two Belt t shirts. Give me back the band t-shirts. Give me the leather jacket for all I care. Like, I would be the the most... Like, people would look at me so sideways because they would see me in, like, the band t-shirt for Becky Lynch, but see me in Ronda Rousey's leather jacket walking across the street. (laughs) Because I got to rep them both. They did so amazing for that that portion of of the season for WWE. They did so great that I have to rep them both. Charlotte can go somewhere. But, like... (laughs) Fuck Charlotte at this point. 
Like, would that match have been better a one-on-one? Maybe, but you have to admit it was amazing to watch. Oh, it was so It was a really, really good, like, you know, main event. And I am, I will be happy to see her back sometime in, you know, 2022 or something like that. Or sooner. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the next one, um... News about Aleister Black. Recently, Aleister Black has been, you know, getting some talk about him going to AEW ever since we WWE support him, wholeheartedly. Um, which was WWE's biggest mistake of all time because one, he was just starting becoming a heel a couple weeks back. And they which cut is him what he needed. What he needed for him for his comeback, and they cut him. Randomly, unexpectedly, yes. So I already know I covered this in a different episode earlier. But just a recap: they cut him randomly, which was stupid. So, so after the whole thing with WWE, AEW heard what happened. So they were talking about getting him on their brand, and then when. WWE heard about AEW, their rival AEW trying to get Aleister Black. They said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. We want you back in our brand. We made a mistake. We want you back in our brand. Come back to WWE. So WWE is now interested in bringing back Aleister Black so they can stop the deal with him leaving to go to AEW. You know what kind of makes me sad? I have a feeling if that were to happen with... um. Oh, I love my brain buffers. Uh, <laughs> with Ruby Riot, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have the same energy. And that oh, no. makes me so upset. Say, like, nah, they would say, Ruby Riot, we don't need her no more. AEW can take her. I'm, honestly, I hope AEW takes her because I feel like she could branch out so much from that brand and do get the recognition know, she deserves. But also, do you know how much, like, wrestlers AEW has from WWE. Oh, they have so many. Like, I, I saw them, like, one night I was just kind of scrolling through and AEW was on, I was watching, because I never really focused too much on AEW. And mm-hmm. I, so I was like, wait, aren't you, like, a WWE superstar? What are you doing on AEW? I was like, why y'all, y'all all here? <laughs> I was like, there's so many of them. And it's like, that's the place you want to go to watch the people that you thought were wrong by WWE. That's the place you go. Yeah. And recently... And they get the redemption arc they deserve. It, it, like, it all started, in my mind, like when, when I started focusing on AEW, it all started with Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it all started Dean Ambrose, then it was Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, it just became a whole bunch of superstars. And then the recent, the recent two is Andrade and yeah. uh, Mark Henry. And well, these are good superstars. They really they are great wrestlers. That retired because of WWE's bullshit. So, and on, on uh, AEW, Mark Henry said, um, like one of the people asked him, um, are you going to be in the wrestling ring anytime soon? He's like, and he said, he told him, he's like, you know what? I have a lot more gas. I have a lot more juice left in me. So yeah, maybe, maybe so. And I was like, oh 
boy Mark Henry back as a wrestler? Oh man, that would be so good. I would love to see him come out of retirement and wrestle one more time mm-hmm. in his career. Love to see that. Would that give you the vibe kind of like how everyone felt when Undertaker came out of retirement for yeah. that split second of time? Yep, that gave me the same amount of vibes. Also, too, Sting. Sting's on the card as well, too. I saw that. Sting and Cody Rhodes. And, oh, my gosh. There is so much, like, WWE stars and WWE legends that's on that card. So, it's it's crazy. It, it's, it's completely crazy. It um, is. Even- and as I look at the time... Bro, we we really close to hitting that two hour mark. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's just hold off. There is there is a uh, two more two more uh, things I want to talk about as well too. Um, two more that I'm off to sleep for work at five in the morning. <laughs> we love working people. We love being essential workers. Yeah, no, we don't. No, the fuck. We don't. Someone help me, please donate to my GoFundMe for my college fund. <laughs> um. Another thing, uh, second to last thing, WWE said that they're trying to bring back some old, you know, old things. So, like, King of the Ring, um, Cyber Sunday, Monday Night Raw Old School, and Raw Roulette, just to name a few. Didn't they try to bring King of the Ring back and then we had to end up dealing with King Corbin? Yeah. I kind of don't want to go through that again. But like that but, felt that felt like abuse. <laughs> yeah, but um, but this coming Friday night on SmackDown, uh, there's a match called Battle for the Crown. So Nakamura versus Corbin to see which one keeps the crown. Wait, is Nakamura still on WWE? He's been on WWE. Actually, I thought he left I, for some actually, reason. I thought I, I I remember seeing him on another brand, and I was like, "What's Nakamura doing here?" Actually, actually, let me scratch that. That already happened. Sorry, that happened already. That that happened the same night as Roman Reigns and uh Roman Reigns and Mysterio. I think I think Nakamura won the crown. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura won the crown. He did Shin, uh, Shin Sasha and won the crown. So he's now, he is now King Nakamura. I can accept that. Even as a heel. He is now that. King of the Ring. Uh, king Corbin can't be happy about that. He is no longer King Corbin no more. He is Baron Corbin now. <laughs> Back to Baron Corbin. I wonder if he's going to grow out the hair. No, I'm kidding. He should not bring that back. I kind of like them better bald. Keep bald. Keep the baldness. It was kind of weird, though, seeing him, like, wrestle in, like, button-up t-shirts and a vest (laughs) with black pants. Yeah, that wasn't when he was a GM. Now he's not. That was two years ago. Well, that was three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. It's been that that long. Last, but hold hold it there. We're almost done. Um, last but not least, this past NXT in your house, um, 
one one match that I did not expect to happen um was drum roll please the million dollar <laughs> championship title match <laughs> if you know that belt which lord knows everybody should know um I forgot I forgot you know the million dollar man I forgot his name yeah Man. We just know him as the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> so he put, so he put his title on the line at NXT in your house. So who's going to be the Million Dollar Champion? And as you know, LA Knight beat Cameron Grimes to be the new Million Dollar Champion. And I heard some rumors that NXT, that WWE is going to take the title and you know change it and be make it be something else. It should stay the million dollar title, but I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna stay the million dollar title or they're gonna put it at something else. But in my mind, there's gonna be similar to like Universal, like championship, something like that, like similar to where it can change brands. Maybe or something like how it is like the um, how you have like you know um, because you already have like the tag team and you already got the um. the North American, and you already got the uh, the NXT, so it's probably be something probably like mid card, just like the like the NXT North American Championship. Something we really need NXT got so many championships. They only got all they got is four. Well, it whoa, feels like whoa, a lot. Sorry, sorry <laughs> four, five now. So. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because this is now technically an NXT championship now. So, that may I give them know. the publicity they need for NXT, though, to help mm-hmm. it be officially in everyone's minds the third brand. Third well, big brand. The main brand. So no one's going to believe that yet. Well, in everybody's mind, NXT is better than WWE main roster at the moment. Fair enough. That is very much true. But it's the fact that they're still separate from being included as a main roster. Yeah, that is true. It's going to take us a while for us as fans to get used to NXT being considered a main roster brand and not the brand that everyone starts off in and then cuts it up to. Hmm. Well, you know a lot of superstars... Well, some, not a lot, but some superstars are trying to stay on NXT because they're afraid of getting cut by WWE if they uh, go on to the if main move roster. Up. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. They get a lot more cutthroat. Yeah. And um, I if just the hope... fans don't love you, well, even if the fans do love you, if management doesn't love you, you're we gone. still do. The fans will always love you, no matter what. Management. Even if you're gone, we're still going to like chant your name, like Goldberg and what? And CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. (laughs) Oh man! So, did you like what we talked about tonight? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know it was just two topics tonight, but we went into detail about both of them. So hope y'all enjoyed tonight. Uh, currently, my partner here has to go to bed because she has work in the morning. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. We love to stay here and talk with you guys, but, you know. I got to make my bag. <laughs> yep. She got We. I got to make my bag. She got to make her bag. We all got to make our bag for tomorrow. So thank you all for tuning in tonight, listening to us being stupid and also quoting facts as well, too. And, and as a reminder, we do not support gang activity or violence. <laughs> we don't. So if y'all are thinking that we do, get that. We do not. We are just WWE fans. <laughs> We are WWE fans, and we just love culture in general. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So this is organized mess. We love y'all. I'm ATV2, Homegirl Justice, and we stay out. hydrated. Stay hydrated, y'all. Peace, y'all. Love, positivity, peace, night. <laughs>